Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. And welcome to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider back for another episode. And this is one with a little bit different tone, of course, as we always say when we start out. I want to thank all of you consistent listeners to this podcast. Really appreciate the support. It's helped the podcast really go and grow to the point now where man every week we add more listeners so if you like this podcast be sure to rate it be sure to review it be sure to tell your friends all about it they can find it wherever they get their podcast google stitcher spotify of course you name it wherever they get their podcast they can find us the michigan insider crew of course i have steve lorenz on with us from the michiganinsider.com steve how are you good great Right. Better. <laughs> hey bro i hear you and bryce marriage bryce how you doing just about the same just the same it's a it's a ho-hum thing because it, it affects the mood of the board of the site uh and certainly has people asking questions about what impact does a loss like the one michigan just suffered to michigan state 27 to 24 michigan was over a three touchdown favorite uh and it was a game that michigan state came and really command it from start to finish i mean there there was no fluke it was no you know lucky bounce at the end lucky block or referees call michigan state never trailed in that game so uh to to get beat by like that by a team that lost to rutgers which we talked about uh can change the outlook for a season and certainly has michigan asking some questions about what to do from here uh you know can they get back on track offensively quickly Uh, I think there's reason for optimism as far as that's concerned but defensively there are some holes that you wonder how they're going to patch them in the near future Uh, and that brings us to the question about how things are impacted on the recruiting trail and joining us to talk about that is one of 24-7 sports national recruiting analysts based of course here in the midwest in the state of Michigan Alan True Alan how are you Hey, doing well, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you for, for joining us. And so the conversation really goes like this. Of the 2021 prospects that are left on the board, how impactful will that game really be? Now, I went out to see Rayshon Benny on Friday as Oak Park got their, their first win of the season over Gross Point South, amazingly, after going winless in the regular season. And after the game, he said his mind was made up. Based on the calls that I made today, Alan, and and the feedback that I've gotten, I'm hearing that things have changed. I'm hearing that that things are leaning Michigan State's way, and I'm curious what you're hearing. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing, that um, the game did have some impact. And we were already hearing that even though we felt like our Michigan picks were fairly secure, that Michigan State had made up a lot of ground recently. And then when you have a team that's already – trending up in a recruitment, a game like this uh, can help tip the balance. And I, I think that it's done that from what, I, what, we're, what we're hearing here. I think this is an unusual year. I know we say a lot that one game can't always change things, but I think this is a year where it can, especially in this case where it's an in-state game, it's a rivalry game. It's the first chance for a lot of kids to really see what Michigan State looks like. Um, that, that did not go well for Michigan State in week one, but then you see in week two, that's a huge thing that Michigan State's going to be able to sell that uh, two games into Mel Tucker's tenure that, that they can pull off a win like this. And so I think that that's helped give them some momentum. So in, in other years, this may not a game, one game here and there may not matter. But I think in a year where the kids just haven't had a lot of exposure to these teams, haven't seen spring practices, weren't on campus in the in, in the summer, didn't get to see games at all in September. I think these games, uh, especially at the time of year it is now where these 21s are starting to make some decisions, I think they can help tip the balance. Yeah, Steve, it's it's like this. I, I think when, as Alan mentioned, Michigan State had been trending up. Uh, they had made up some ground. I thought the branding argument really was one that they gained some traction on. They did a great job from a relationship standpoint of, of bridging a gap that had grown very wide when Mark D'Antonio was the coach. But there was just nothing to really – 
I mean, if you really compare Michigan to Michigan State, it's like, are you are they really going to win the branding argument? Are they really going to win the the directional ar- argument as far as trajectory of the program after they u- lose to Rutgers? I mean, the kid, as I asked him about the first week's games, he said, man, Michigan State looks sloppy. Then he said, yeah, Michigan looked great. You know, those guys look like they play hard. They play together. Uh, you just didn't have that thing to point to that would give you any juice for for Michigan State over Michigan when you put them side to side, even though they were trending up. But now that Michigan State can go and say, look, we just in our first year beat those guys head to head. And it wasn't, you know, it really wasn't a a, a fluke I, that, that has weight. That has weight. And I think it I think it really has weight with Rayshon. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, just. Not that we haven't said it a million times, but just what a colossal fail on Michigan's part here. They to, to come in and lose this game. Yeah, you know, think if they win this game, you put the foot down, you secure probably Rayshon's commitment. Everything probably stays solid with the rest of your commitments. Donovan Edwards, I don't really think Michigan State much of a factor there still. Maybe not. Well, I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, you know, maybe the door with Rayshon was cracked a little bit. Now Michigan State has at least their foot all the way in the door, if not wide open. Uh, just, it's like, you know, obviously there's so many ways where this this loss is is demoralizing and devastating for Michigan, uh, recruiting just another arm where really the thing is too, Michigan, Michigan State, even under Dan, weren't meeting head-to-head a ton the last few cycles. I mean, back in 15, 16, 17, there were a lot of, you know, head-to-head recruiting battles between the two programs that seemed to have kind of tapered off. And there weren't really that many, this cycle either this was one though and this was really became one of the only ones and um i mean yeah there's just really no way you can spin it because yeah it wasn't a uh lucky bounce wasn't anything like uh, funky or weird it was uh michigan state came in and executed their game plan to near perfection and michigan had no answer for it and now it might cost them not just an in-state guy but we've said before like they need a defensive tackle in this class really really badly it might be the biggest need from a positional standpoint, they have remaining on the board and uh, they may be on the verge of losing him. I don't even think Michigan State's recruiting him defensively. Are they? I was like, either. Uh, what are they talking about with him? I mean, his preference is, is defense. I mean, if, if you're Michigan State, are you really making an issue? <laughs> which yeah, side? that's true. We joke, we'd let him, they'd let him call the no, plays. I don't <laughs> think they, they had so Chris Kapilovich, who's their offensive line coach, had originally recruited him at Colorado. Um, offered him last November and then offered him at Michigan State. And so it was offensive line early, but I, I think they're willing to let him play whatever he wants to play. He's he's a rare one where I think he's equally good on either side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he had a couple of sacks in the game. He looked he looked really good on, on defense. So what about the East Lansing kid there, Alan, Andre Anthony, who, you know, kind of surprised. I mean, it felt like Michigan State was the was the favorite for a long time and it was it caught a lot of people off guard that how quickly the pendulum seemed, seemed to swing in Michigan's direction. Uh, and now there are at least – it's hard to to interpret what kids say on Twitter. But that's uh, – fans are reading a lot into some Twitter activity. Uh, and it sounds like maybe there are some rumblings, not necessarily directly from Andrell, about looking around. But, but definitely people in Michigan State circles are forwarding the idea – that he may be looking around. I'm curious what you're hearing on that. Yeah, so be, even before he posted that tweet, actually like 10 minutes before he, he put the tweet out with the eyes, um, somebody had, had sent me a message that said, hey, just kind of keep an eye on Andrell. Um, and, and so once he tweeted that, I, I think that tweet alone would have me um, a little bit more uh, unsure about what to think. But when I combine that with the message I got from a source who trust pretty well, um, I think there's definitely some smoke there. And, and so that also goes into in with what you just said about his, his recruitment, where it seemed like it was Michigan State for a long time. Michigan comes and turns it around. And he also has a teammate, Ethan Boyd, who's committed to Michigan State. They're obviously around each other all the time. Um, you know, they got uh, they're in the state playoffs. They're um, favored in their district and regional to, I think, to get out of it, even though they're going to have a tough game potentially. Um, in two weeks, if Portage Northern gets through uh, this week and they get through this week, so I don't, I don't know that he'll do anything until that's all done. But I do think that there's, there's some smoke there, and and it's real smoke. I don't think it's just him playing. Or I don't. This isn't the, 
type of thing where you just play around on Twitter. Um, if you're thinking about switching schools, I, I do think that there's some reason for concern there with Michigan. Yeah, and sort of like Rayshon Benny, which you, you mentioned, Ethan Boyd being a teammate for uh, of his at East Lansing, uh, you have the same dynamic at play with Rayshon Benny and Davion Prim at Oak Park. So uh, you got teammates that are talking about the future. They're uh, you know, looking for some playoff success, and you could see the elation among the Oak Park contingent about winning a game and feeling like, hey, they could put some things together here at the end. And now uh, you got a teammate of, of Rayshon's with – some look at this. I mean, that's some momentum. We could do this in college too. So another reason to think that you know there's some some buzz there. But Bryce, I know you spent some time. You were at Andrew Anthony's announcement. Uh, it was again. I, I don't know what kind of vibe you picked up while you were out there. Uh, was there surprise that it was going uh, Michigan's way? Because I know up until the last week, there was a lot of skepticism as to whether or not he would really go someplace other than Michigan State. And, of course, he did, and you were there. But like Alan said, it just seems like this is one that, uh, at the very least, Michigan's going to have to be more cognizant of guarding their yard on. You know, Michigan made a good push kind of late, and it was kind of one of those I, I know all four of us kind of detailed and went into was Michigan State seemed to be the clear leader for quite a quite a bit of time. And I think those relationships in Michigan seemed to, at one point, we felt they kind of cooled on him. And so they – kind of, you know, start talking to him again, kind of trying to re get rekindle those, you know, fire and get it going. And he really was a fan of the speed and space element. He thought he could fit in with the class. He really liked several guys. And then on top of that, he took a visit to Michigan, one of those dead period self-guided visits to Michigan, just kind of cemented his decision. But even then it felt like, you know, I mean, you're five minutes away from East Lansing. I mean, he's in East Lansing. He's right there next to the campus. He's got a teammate, like Alan said, committed to Michigan State. One of the things that was kind of why he picked Michigan was Mel Tucker. He just simply didn't have enough time to build that relationship with and kind of get to know. And so through this, and I think, like you said, momentum is a huge thing with recruiting. Michigan State now has that momentum with recruiting. So this is something they can lean on. I know we talked about the brand, but this is something where they can show and say physically, like, look, we did this in game two. You know, this is something we can show. It's actually results. And at this point, you could be a big piece in keeping that going. So that's something to watch. And yeah, I, I think Michigan State was the leader. And for them, I think it's a smart move to still recruit him at this point. And why wouldn't you? Well, and then you you look and you say, "Hey, freshman, freshman Ricky White, <laughs> look at what, how many yards did he have?" In exactly, that game? He it like two hundred. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, they were. It was bombs away going down the football field. Obviously, uh, you know Michigan is 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 really um, featuring the plan for for their receivers, and they play a lot of them. But if you were looking at that game specifically, at that game, and, and you know talking about big plays. Michigan State put up the big plays uh, through the air in that contest, which uh, brings us to the biggest guy on the on the board there, Allen. And the news really stemmed last week from a couple of commitments, a couple of West Coast commitments, and Christian Dixon and Xavier Worthy coming to Michigan to visit for the first time, both of them. Uh, and then, and then on top of it, while you're in town, why not go see Michigan's top target? Why not go over and see West Bloomfield and see Donovan Edwards? So those guys showed up at his game. Uh, and obviously uh, a big, big recruiting tool and and pitch. But then you have this game. And I'm curious uh, about the impact specifically on Donovan Edwards, if any, as you think this game may have had or may have on him. So I think that remains to be seen. And I do think that it probably – depends on what Michigan does the rest of the season. Um, and I think that that, that may, will have an effect on a lot of these guys that we talk about. I think one loss, granted, this is a, this, this is a hurtful loss, but if you come back and, and you win um, the rest of these games this year, and, and, you know, you certainly start by winning this week against Indiana, then I think that helps wash away taste of the, the loss against Michigan State and shows these recruits that Michigan, you know, is still, um, a contender in the Big Ten, but if they don't, if they, if they lose some of these games, I think it could affect guys like Donovan Edwards. So going into this game, um, it's hard to know. You know, I haven't talked to Donovan or any people around him since the results of the Michigan State game. But prior to that, everything was 
was feeling, you know, you're feeling good about Michigan. Um, he, uh, all the sources around him were saying that it was likely to be Michigan. And he spoken highly of Michigan. He said he was going to kind of table recruiting as well until the playoffs were over, but said Michigan was a school that he wanted to visit, um, was liking what he was hearing about how they were going to use the running backs in the offense. And so far this season with how they've incorporated Blake Corum into the passing game and, and some of the things that they've done with the backs and, and players similar to him, um, I think that Michigan it was in a really good spot for him, and we'll have to wait and see what the reaction from him and uh, the people around him are to what happened at Michigan State. But like I said, I do think that Michigan has to get back on the horse and win some games um, in order to keep their standing with them. Yeah, he. I guess one of the things that is different in his recruitment is I just don't – I've never gotten the feeling that Michigan State is even close to being the primary competition for him. Uh, if If they're – is an opponent or if there are opponents that are going to be able to hammer this, uh, I really think it's, it's Oklahoma, it's Georgia, Georgia, especially, I think are the schools that are, are the likelier beneficiaries of, of this setback. That's not to say that uh, Michigan state, it, it makes sense to make a run and the guy grew up a Michigan state fan uh, more than a Michigan fan for sure. So there is that, but he is definitely looking big stage, not rebuild. Uh, regardless of the outcome, or despite the outcome, I should say Saturday, uh, this is a rebuild for for Michigan State, which is one of the. So, go ahead. So yeah, I, I would I would keep an eye on Notre Dame a little bit there too. Okay. Um, you know, they offer a school that's still in the Midwest and, and has had some su- success at the running back position, and from all accounts, uh, have him really high on their board. They're going after him hard, so that's another team to keep an eye on. And I think from Michigan State's pr- perspective, I said this. The, um, some people, some of their fans who had messaged me asking about recruiting, I think some of the benefit of the win for them, too, is if you can play keep away from Michigan. If, if you know, maybe Michigan State doesn't get Donovan Edwards, but if he doesn't go to Michigan, you can sit. Michigan State's concerned. They've got two good backs in the class, so I'm not sure that they're really hurting for another running back. But I think if you can keep a, a talent like Donovan Edwards from going to your rival, um, you consider that a win, even if you don't get that kid. Well, Alan, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure the fans wish that you could offer better news for them. Uh, this time, as, as certainly, we, we like to bring good news, but we're always going to bring you the accurate news, even when it's not so good. Uh, that's one of these. Uh, one of, these is, this is one of those times. So appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Of course. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks a lot. So, guys, uh, with, with that, let's look at it from a different angle vantage point steve how did so can you use this can you use this this negative uh as a positive are, are there are there elements of this that you can use to possibly entice uh any targets that are out there i mean i think the one way you can look at it there's two things there's two things michigan did on saturday i think that they can maybe try to spin as a positive a they're not afraid afraid to play freshmen uh you could argue that Roman Wilson and Blake Corum were their two best offensive skill players on Saturday. Um, meaning they're really an obvious AJ Henning too. I mean, he should be getting more touches in my opinion anyway. Uh, so you could argue, you know, Michigan definitely not afraid to play freshmen if they're ready. Flip side is, you know, you're a cornerback. Hey, you know, <laughs> might have, might have a, might have a spot here for you quicker that, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, and, and, where they can even take that to another level is say, listen, like we've put cornerbacks in the pros. This is not a situation where Michigan has struggled at corner early on this year. And oh man, they've never done anything at the position. I mean, they've consistently put guys in the pros and, and, and had guys playing at a really high level at the position. So, you know, that, that guess, if there was one way to try to spin it, that's, you know, that's how I would look at it. Uh, otherwise. Yeah. I mean, and a defensive tackle too, where really, again, you know, this is, Rutgers had 12 tackles for a loss two weeks ago. They beat Michigan state. Michigan had two tackles for a loss in that game. Um, Just a horrible stat. One that says they need Michigan might need some more big bodies up front to guys that can play at a little bit of a higher level. So, you know, yeah, early playing time and the fact that they've proven time and time again, that they'll play guys in their first year, if they're ready. I think those are really the two big talking points that Michigan needs to hammer home. Yeah, a side angle here, and this is not really 2021 recruiting, uh, Bryce, but this, uh, you know, also some news out of the weekend with regard to uh, the coaching staff and Bob Shoup not being a part of the of the on campus, the on field coaching contingent anymore. 
that raises the profile of Ashawn Larkins, who we've talked about on this podcast, right? Uh, him being a a very visible person in uh, in the recruitment of Justice Finkley. I mean, he's really shown up with some of the some of the Southern guys, and they've been talking about him as a recruiting asset. Now, again, most important right now is what he's doing for them uh, as far as helping to coach the the safeties. Uh, but you're starting to feel him on the recruiting trail some, albeit not necessarily in the 2021 class, but definitely in 2022. Yeah, with so with Ashan, you know, and Steve brought up the freshman plane. We'll look at Makari Page. And so that's one guy that Ashan has been working with, and he's been seeing considerable time playing for Michigan and meaningful minutes, you know, for Michigan as well. Um, so that's something that I've watched with him. And also with talking with the Finkley family, they really stress he's the guy that, I mean, just his presence alone has the Finkley's seriously considering even Michigan and being in this race. So he's the guy they think is charismatic. He thinks he's intelligent. They think he's intelligent. They think he obviously knows the game and simply he just connects with the family on so many different levels. He understands what's going on in the world, understands, you know, everything around society and that. So he takes it more than just football. He talks about life to these kids and their families. And that really seems to resonate with them as in general. And so he's the guy that I think can really be an asset, you know, with, with, you know, Bob, I think the thing with him was, you know, we weren't sure how he's going to do recruiting. And so you're like, well, you know, you got BJ, but you know, you're not sure about him. Now you're adding BJ plus Ashawn Larkins, who's going to be asset because he has all these connections down South plus and the Northeast as well, where he's originally from. So I think that's going to help them on the recruiting trail and just being on staff, he's a young, relentless guy. So he's going to be able to put in a lot of hours, a lot of time, and he's willing to put in the work. So that's got to be exciting, at least on that front. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's coached uh, secondary at a, at a few different schools, secondary and linebacker. I know he coached at the Citadel. He coached at Bethune-Cookman. He uh, coached at Jacksonville State. I know one of his guys is um, uh, was a guy uh, that played for the Steelers back in the early – you know, 2010s, a guy by the name of Cortez Allen uh, that played there for a while. So, you know, he's had, uh, he's coached some pros uh, that he can put on his profile. And of course, now, as you said, Makari Page, able to put that out there, definitely has a uh, some things that he can say on the recruiting trail now to go along with the relationship, the relational aspects of recruiting, which he's already really, really excelled at. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, uh, uh, you know, Justice Finkley's family, they're like, uh, you know, they like basically he's he's the, a member of the family already. Right. They are. They really. Basically. Yeah, yes. They, they basically really, that. They really rave about him. So it'll be interesting to see how this elevated profile, how it serves him on the recruiting trail, uh, because he's already created some buzz even before being named the uh, publicly named anyway, the safeties coach for, for Michigan. So let's let's focus on one more football topic Bryce and Steve and that is your trip down south Bryce to see the the most recent commitment to Michigan the Florida State flip Brandon Jennings so what did you think of of Brandon when you went down there to see him first off he's physically impressive he's 6-3 I want to say 230 it was funny because I got up to the field early and I actually was talking to coaches on both uh, from both teams and one of the coaches from uh Bartram Trails was like so where's uh he was talking to Sandalwood coach. He's like, so which kid is the Jennings kid? He's like the kid with the shoulder pads on. And we looked over and it was him just walking about shoulder pads. And he's just again, he just looks Bill, like he already has the shoulder pads on. So we started laughing together. Um, but in terms of his game, man, he's just a physical, relentless, hard hitter. And I know we his coach has talked to you about this. He's talked to Steve Wolfong about this, but he you just watch him play, he fits the mold of a big 10 linebacker. He comes downhill hard. He hits you. You feel it when he hits you, he can go sideline to sideline. Biggest thing I think I, I want to see from him. And he didn't really have to do much of it was just coverage. You know, you want to see how he's going to drop back and coverage like that. But in terms of just blitzing coming off the edge, I mean, Sandwood used him in the middle. And so he was, you know, working around there. Second half, they put him kind of defensive end kind of coming off the edge. And he just, they couldn't stop him once they did that. I mean, it was just, he's a physical beast. He's a guy that can simply just make runs and stuff like that. He kind of reminded me 
of like a Cameron Grown coming off the edge. When you see him make that blitz coming off the edge and he mm-hmm. creates that pressure and like, you know, the QB steps up. So he's the guy, man, that, and I, I told you, Sam, you know, I watched only the second half of the game because I got back in later on, but I'm like, if he could have played Saturday, he would have played. And the coaches apparently at one after the game, I talked to Jennings about that was they plan on playing him pretty early. He's not a guy that's going to come in and not play. Yeah, he physically, he looks like he's a college freshman now. Uh, college oh, it's impressive. He, he is a big, physical, hulking player. He reminds me of, of not Josh Uche when he came in the door because Josh was, he was thin. He had to build up uh, to be able to play uh, at the college level. Even, even with his hand, especially with his hand in the dirt, he had to build up. But this kid, I mean, it feels like he's where Josh was as a sophomore as far as his physical size. Uh, and you really feel like he can be that versatile, that you can bring him off the edge, he can play in the middle, he can drop back in coverage. And while he's not, you know, this this lateral, he's not Jalen Smith, for instance, from, from, from the Cowboys who used to play at, who used to play at Notre Dame. But Uche, doing the things that we saw Josh Uche do, I think that this kid can can absolutely do that and be a, and be a chess piece like that. So time will certainly tell, but very impressive the highlights that you put up, Bryce. I mean, his his highlights pop for sure. And you can hear the pop when he when he makes a hit. I tweeted that out. There's a little clip, or there's actually I missed that clip, but there's before pregame where they all circle around the guy and he just you're supposed to just hit someone and you just pick someone to hit. And he was blasting the kids out of this circle group he had. So, I mean, he's physically impressive. And the biggest thing I think takeaway too, he plants in a rolling early. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come in. It's not like he's coming in later. That should help with the development as well. Yeah. I guess we can close the football portion with this, Steve, and, and, and really putting an eye on strategically. It's, it's not like Michigan or any other school rests on its laurels when it comes to, the commitments in its class, uh, but it it just feels like on the heels of a defeat like that, the you know the vigilance, the the persistence, the uh, maybe the doubling of the efforts to to guard your yard to protect your your class. It, it, it kind of feels like this is that time, and that's again that's not to say that they weren't recruiting their class anyway, uh, but boy, it just feels like it feels like on the heels of that that the, the call to action in that regard is even greater. Yeah. I mean, if there's really, I mean, rivalry game, it's like, this is one game you didn't want to lose uh, given the way the program, the trajectory of the programs appeared to look heading in, whatever the other thing too. And you got to wonder, like this is other schools are going to smell blood in the water. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh's contract situation, which again, we know how he does that stuff as, as people that cover the Michigan program, we understand it's really not a, not really a factor not really a big deal. But that doesn't mean that other programs aren't going to be calling these kids up or, or going into – well, they can't go into living rooms. But, uh, you know, getting in the ear of some of these guys and now bringing that up after such a dejecting, terrible loss like that, uh, you know, just you – know, these kids, they see the the fine bombs and all this kind of – you know, and a lot of that is fed into what the national perception of Harbaugh and the program is. Uh, other schools aren't going to, are going to take that and run with it with some of these guys. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to – work hard, especially like, I think one thing Alan mentioned and and it kind of just encompasses everything in general in 2020, but it is, this is a totally unique year for recruiting. Uh, So, you know, could always be some kind of surprise or unforeseen deal that may pop up, you know, that we're not even aware of yet, or that the program or that the kids themselves might not even be aware of yet. So yeah, it's just opened up a whole can of worms uh, with this game on Saturday and, you know, Michigan's got to, a do damage control by beating Indiana on Saturday. Cause that's the thing I wanted. I was going to ask Alan, what if in two weeks, you know, Michigan's three and one and, and Michigan <laughs> state is one and three, you know, it's like, what then, then really, you know, is it really that uh, big of a deal? But um, you know, that's where Michigan, obviously that's the biggest focus yeah. is getting this back in the right direction on the field. Uh, you know, cause if they can write the ship, I think things will probably calm down for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if not, then yeah, we're looking at, another fun trip into December and February. So. Yeah. I, it's a great question for, for Alan, but it is, I can answer part of it. It's a big deal for Rayshon Benny because he decides a week from today. Right. So, that's the one where it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Hey, you know, it's, I, I don't know what you do here in the last seven days 
that can that can swing it maybe if they go out on Saturday and one team looks like crap and the other one looks great. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, but but that game, that game, the head to head mattered. Mattered how that played out because Michigan State was such a significant underdog. Uh, and they came in and they got it done. So you, you give them credit. Uh, certainly, I don't expect Michigan to concede. Uh, they had certainly built a lot of momentum and some great relationships as well. So uh, we'll see how things play out. Uh, but I can certainly say that at least at this point, as of a week out from his announcement, Michigan State is the team that's trending up at the moment, trending up the most. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll let you know. Keep an eye on the crystal balls as it stands, though. We need to pause for the cause, and we'll come back on the other side. And this is some good news, right, guys? Jawan Howard picked up his first five-star. I know you know, that's maybe it's uh, the, the excitement over that is dimmed significantly in the aftermath of the loss to Michigan State. But before that, a lot of positive buzz, right, about Caleb Houston coming into the fold for Michigan. Yeah, I mean, the number one class. I mean, I mean – you can't beat that, right? So there's some hope. <laughs> says, Let me add, you know how jaded the Michigan fan base is when the first reaction was that this means Caleb Houston will eventually go into the G League. Uh, um, you know it's bad when that's, that's initial. That's literally the initial reaction on like the main tweet is like, oh well, guess that seals his G League uh, invite or something like that. It's like, uh, geez, man. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely gonna be a lot of pessimism, a lot of cynicism here. Uh, in the after, uh, aftermath of that loss to Michigan State. But we are going to switch gears now, get into some basketball recruiting on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously, from there you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now for the basketball portion of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, we are joined by national recruiting analyst Brian Snow to give us some perspective on what is the signature recruit now for Jawan Howard. Now, he's had some big lands his first class. He had a few top 100 guys, very, very significant. But his first five-star commitment that is actually slated to show up on campus, right? So he's landed a five-star before, but this one is expected – to arrive in Ann Arbor, and I'm talking about Caleb Houston joining us to give some perspective on that. Is national recruiting analyst for 24/7 Sports, Brian Snow. B. Snow, how you doing? I mean, let's just let the record show I'm the one bringing good news. <laughs> I'm the one bringing good news. I want the record to reflect that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Saving this podcast from the doom and gloom on the football side of things, the much maligned, according to some Michigan fans, who I, I tell them all the time, you just got to know Beast Snow. You got to know how Beast Snow gets down because to know him is to love him. That's my man. You're my guy. <laughs> I vouch for you. Know, I vouch for you everywhere I go. I hope you know that. I got you. I know. <laughs> so, but, yeah, man, let's, let's get into Caleb Houston. I mean, you, you had Duke. You had Bama. You had Virginia National Champion. I mean, a lot of people – Surprised that Michigan came out on top in this race. Give me your take on it. Yeah, you know, 
I always kind of, Alabama's got a really good thing going in Canada right now. So you, you always took a close look at them. And then, you know, Virginia, I mean, clearly it's tough to argue with their success. And then Duke is Duke. So you always knew it was going to be a tough battle, but Michigan was always in there. And then you started to hear some rumblings that like, not only are they in there, but like things are starting to go really well. And it didn't take long to get from that point to I'm committed to Michigan. So obviously that's a huge get for, for Jawan and his staff. I mean, it's a top 10 player. It's, you know, it, like you said, like it, it's one thing when you land who he landed last year and, and everything like that, you get a five star, but you know, Kansas was involved, but at the end of the day, you were kind of like, is that kid ever kind of show up on campus? Right. This is a kid who everyone expects to show up on campus. So it's a totally different deal. It's a different caliber of win. It, it It's just a, it's just a huge recruiting win for Jawan Howard. And especially, you know, after some disappointments at the end of the last cycle, it shows that he can get it done. He can close and he can get that elite talent to Ann Arbor. So what about Caleb's game? Uh, you know, I've been talking about him as a shooter and how well that complements what's in the class, what was in the last class, what's on the roster now. So give me the, the beast, no take the beast, no scouting report on, on Caleb Houston. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that stands out is he's got good size, 6'8", over 200 pounds, and then he can really shoot the ball. But he's not just a shooter. You know, he's a good athlete. He, he's smart. He can make others better. He can pass. He can do some things. So when, you, when you're talking about Caleb Houston, you're talking about a complete player who, op- who a, a complete player who happens to be a really good shooter, not a really good shooter who happens to be able to do other things. And, and that's a key distinction. So he's got that elite shooting skill. But he's got versatility, and he's able to impact the game in multiple different ways. You know, I said this today on the Michigan Insider on a little column I wrote. Um, he, he's a kind of forward who you grew accustomed to under John Beeline. Now, he's different than Glenn Robinson. He's different than Zach Irvin. He, he's different than guys like that in terms of his style of play. But in terms of physically how he looks, he's that 6'8", 200-pound, long arm kind of outside in four man who can also play some three, just that kind of, you know, that modern day forward. We used to call them combo forwards. Now we call them mismatches. Mm-hmm. It's funny how the game changing, you know, Oh, he's an undersized four man. And now it's like, I need to get one of those. <laughs> um, so the game has changed in that way. And, and you need players like Caleb Houston to spread the floor, especially if you're going to recruit a true five, like Michigan did with Hunter Dickinson, you know, you, you land Hunter Dickinson, you need him to have a lot of space to, with which to work. And Caleb Houston someone who allows for that. Yeah, it feels like the – and you'll appreciate this as a, as a Big Ten guy. Like when uh, – and I'm not saying that Hunter Dickinson is, is Greg Oden, but Greg Oden and John Diebler are out there. That's like, okay, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense like, to, yeah, to have the that. Guy, let's get the guy who can score one-on-one in the post all the room in the world to do so. Yeah, And, you know, and make them – you know, guard, guard the three point line and make them defend, you know, 53 feet wide. And, and that's the way basketball is going. And if you're going to throw the ball into the post, you better be getting high, high quality shots. And the best way to do that is to avoid post doubles and post traps. And the way you do that is by having the floor spread with dangerous shooters, Mm -hmm. because if you allow the defense to trap your five man, even if he's a good passer, like Hunter Dickinson, it becomes a problem for the whole offense. It can wreck an offense. So, when you when you put guys like Caleb Houston around, it, that takes away that option. Right. So I got an opportunity recently to talk to the head of his AAU program, Washington, and he offered a scouting report, uh, which we'll play here. I got a chance to talk to Tim McCormick on the Michigan Basketball Insider, and he offered one as well. So here are their comments on Caleb Houston now. Caleb Houston is another dude that they yeah. that they jumped on here. Uh, recently, big time yeah. guy. So, so you know, give me, give me the scouting report on Caleb. Yeah, Caleb can create a shot off the dribble. Um, he's very efficient off the catch. High IQ, energy. You know, definitely high, high competitor. He's an alpha type. Um, Caleb is somebody that at a three spot position, he can really, really change the game. Mm. He can really change the game. He's a high level scorer. You know, high, you know, efficiency is really huge. Um, just the skill set is very, very excellent skill set for a six eight guy who can really shoot it from NBA range and put it on the floor and shoot off the dribble, which is very hard to do, and a good mid-post game. So um, I work with him like three days a week, and his game is ready for – he can get a bucket. 
<laughs> Tim, and I asked you earlier this week to take a look at the guy uh, that I believe they're in the best shape with, the wing they have the best shot at. He is a, a sweet shooting, 6'8 wing, a guy who's – I mean, it says something to me that a guy with, with his profile and potential – Chose to go to one of the best teams in the country where you aren't going. He wasn't going to be the guy stepping in the door down at Mount Montverde. And I'm talking about the kid Caleb Houston, who recently put Michigan in his top four. Tim, and I'm curious what you think of his game because when I look at the class and you see the slashers, you see on the roster, you see a, a big like Hunter Dickinson. I feel like a guy who could just straight shoot it is a perfect fit for this class and a perfect fit for this roster. I'm curious what you see in his game and what you see in the fit. Well, I agree with you. He's the perfect fit. Why? Because every everybody would say that Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers will be gone next year. And so Caleb Houston at 6'8", five-star wing, pure shooter, takes his defense serious, he would step right in. If you're looking for a comparison, what I saw was Boston's Jason Tatum. Mm. Same size, same stroke. I think that Tatum is a better athlete. But, but, but also, Caleb Houston is still a little bit younger and can develop that. Right now, more of a catch-and-shoot guy, but the release is beautiful. So you heard uh, Mo kind of offer up, uh, Mo Washington offer up a, a scouting report very, very similar to the one that you offered up there, Brian. And then Tim McCormick, a longtime pro, runs the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp. You knew he was going to try to grab a pro play alike now he qualified it he said not as much of an athlete as Jason Tatum but he said you know similar size uh, can shoot it uh, a college version of that for for Michigan I wonder if you have a player comp that you could offer up for for Caleb and that, that's tough uh I'm the worst in the world at comparisons but you know I know on 24-7 sports we, we kind of did Marcus Morris because mm-hmm. he's kind of like a, a combo forward who can really shoot the ball and I tend to stay away from comparing high school kids to NBA All-Stars. Yeah, I hear you. Just as a general rule. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it tends to set the expectation a wee bit higher than I feel comfortable. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I just think he's that guy, you know, ultimately do I think he's – and I say this. I think people need to understand. There's like 10 stars in the NBA. And then everyone that isn't a star is a star in their role. I think he's an NBA star in his role type of guy mm-hmm. where he's a combo forward who makes shots, who can defend two positions and, and just does, does things that you're looking for to space the floor and, and things like that. So th- that's what I see him being is that star in your role type of guy. Like if everything goes absolutely perfect for him, I mean, absolutely perfect. Maybe you get like a Michael Porter jr. Type of guy, oh, the way he's, the way he started to play here, the last, you know, in the bubble down in the NBA. Right. I, I don't, he's not as athletic. Caleb's not as athletic as Michael is, but just kind of that big kid who can shoot, who can get hot and then, then has some other, you know, other parts of his game as well. So, you know, now if Michael Porter jr. Becomes an all-star next year, then I take that back. <laughs> but, you know, based on kind of what we saw, you know, in the bubble when, when he was playing with the nuggets, j- just kind of maybe someone like that. Gotcha. All right. So before we talk about, the uh, another potential addition to the class uh, and Caleb's impact on that prospect. Michigan has the number one class in the country right now. And I'm just curious your, your thoughts on this class as, as a whole. It has a nice ring to it if you're Jawan Howard, something to be able to go out there and tout and, and sell. But what do you think of the pieces uh, in this class and how they fit together? And, you know, not all number one classes are created equally, of course. I'm curious what you think mm-hmm. of, of this one if it holds up. You know, I, I like this class. Ultimately, they're going to have to add for it to stay number one, uh, be it a, you know, like I'm sure we're going to talk about a Charles Bediaco, a Chet Holmgren, an Efton Reed. They're they're going to have to add another piece because Duke and Kentucky, they've been known to recruit good players, <laughs> and they, they tend to get them in the spring. So, um, you know, Michigan's going to have work to keep this class number one. But at the end of the day, it's a class that works well together. You got shooting. You got kind of a long-term guy in Will Cheddar who, you know, you're not. You're saying that's a four or five year on campus type of guy who's going to play his role and be happy. You got, you got different types of guards in this class. Kobe Bufkins, certainly someone who's been playing a lot better over the last six to twelve months. So I, I like the combination of you know kind of an elite talent in Caleb Houston, 
and then some good players, some guys on the right trajectory like Buffkin, and then kind of a role guy who knows what he is in Cheddar. So I, I like that. It you know I'm not a big fan of what Duke and Kentucky do. I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I don't think it's how you win in college basketball by replacing your team every year. I, it just it's too much. But, you know, if you can get different players of different ability levels to, to come together and different skill sets and guys that will be around for a few years, that's how I think you do win. And, and that's what I think Michigan's building with this class. And they're doing it kind of in that recruiting sweet spot that, you know, between now Houston's obviously an exception on the high end, Cheddar's an exception on the low end. But in between that, like 30 and 90 type of range in the rankings when you can really get guys in that sweet spot who are going to be around for three, four, five years, that's when you're able to win big. And we've seen that with Virginia. Villanova's really cracked the code on that. And I think you're seeing Michigan try to do it as well. Gotcha. All right. So you mentioned the name, and that's exactly where I want to go. Charles Bediaco, uh, another Canadian guy, a U-Canada guy. Uh, and while this certainly not ever been talked about as a package deal type scenario, uh, the question had been asked, even when you're talking about Alabama or some of the other schools uh, in the mix, if you get one, does that help you with the other? And so Michigan getting Caleb Houston, does it help them in the Charles Bediaco pursuit? Yeah, it, it helps. And more importantly, it specifically doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, but, it, you know, it helps. How much does it help? I'm going to put it, you know, at a, at a lower level of help. I, I think Caleb made his decision for Caleb and Charles going to make his decision for Charles. Um, I'm still going to bet on Alabama. I've got a crystal ball in for Alabama with Charles Bediaco, and I've heard nothing to make me change that. So I tend to think that's where Bediaco is going to end up. But, you know, anytime you can get a, someone who uh, Charles Bediaco is familiar with, who he's, you know, I don't know to what level that they're friends, but they're certainly friendly, uh, you know, get someone he's comfortable with, you know, in a class uh, th that helps. And, and it also shows that, you know, some of the people who are helping advise Bediaco, like with you play Canada, they're, they're clearly comfortable with Michigan because Caleb Houston's going on. Yeah. So I think it helps to what level and ultimately does it make the biggest difference? Probably not, but you know, Hey, if it's an, if it's another, uh, another thing you can, another chip you can use th that, that does nothing but good things for you. Right. So what are you hearing in the Efton Reed and Chet Holmgren recruitments? You know, both of these look like they're going to stretch out for a while. Chet especially seems in absolutely no hurry. Uh, Gonzaga is probably the team everyone points to. And I, yep, I think that's partly too. just because they've been there the longest, you know, Jalen Suggs, who is his high school teammates going there. Um, clearly they've had success Chet, you know, fits the mold, but he's also going to look at G league options and professional options. And then, uh, Efton Reed, um, I think in his mind, he's going to go pro. I don't necessarily think he's going to hear what he wants to hear. And, and when that does happen, that's when I think he might get more serious about college. But for right now, that seems a few months away. Michigan's, you know, really chopping wood, so to speak, there. Ohio State, Kentucky's starting to kick the tires. Um, I'm sure more schools will watch him down at IMG Academy. But uh, right now, I think in his perfect world and, you know, his mom's perfect world is they're going to find a way to, to play professional basketball next year. But if they don't hear what they want to hear in terms of either it be at dollars and cents or – you know, what, what the NBA thinks of him, then, then maybe that's something that changes. Absolutely. Well, B. Snow, you filled it up just like I knew you would, man. Uh, you always appreciate your insight and perspective, and it'll be interesting to see if, if they can hold on to that number one ranking uh, by landing another piece to it. But even if they don't, like you said, a really, really quality class for the Maize and Blue. So thanks a lot for your time. I'm glad to be a ray of sunshine in your life, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, B. Snow. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. No problem. All right. That was Brian Snow, of course, and giving us that basketball recruiting perspective. That is a positive, a little bit of a reason to be upbeat uh, amid a, uh, so much misery on the football side of things. Uh, and, of course, the recruiting, the basketball recruiting momentum is uh, totally in the opposite direction because it's kind of interesting. It, you know, Caleb Houston got some attention out there you know it's it drew notice from from the other recruits including chet holmgren who uh you've seen those guys be very communicative uh, with the maize and blue and so uh very much in the race in the running for all of those guys if i had to handicap who do i think they have the the best shot would i i do think that that chet holmgren is probably 
um, you know, is probably on the Gonzaga side of things uh, right now. But it's a matter of can you get them on campus for one of those dead period visits if they don't open things up. The interesting thing with with Charles Bediaco, I actually think that this way around, the way it went down, probably helps more than the other way. Meaning, I think that having Caleb, based on talking to people about it, having Caleb in the fold probably helps Michigan more with Charles than had Charles committed before Caleb. And, you know, how much that would have helped with, with Caleb. Now, again, how much that is uh, remains to be seen, but that's just the impression that I got from, from talking to people about what the impact of this, of this land would be on that particular recruit. And then Efton Reed, we know how enamored they've been. Uh, he and his mom have been with the academic athletic balance there. Uh, Jawan, uh, specifically the path that he walked as a DMV guy, uh, DMV guy playing for the bullets is what I mean. Uh, the name really resonates in that area of the country uh, and that he was a longtime pro. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Longtime pro coach in, in, in the pros and now head coach at the University of Michigan. That has weight with them. But you got to get them on campus and remains to be seen if they're going to be able to do that. So a lot to be on the lookout for on the basketball recruiting side. And certainly we always have our ears to the ground over on the football recruiting side. If you want to stay up to speed on a daily basis with football and basketball recruiting, get on over to the MichiganInsider.com. Again, the MichiganInsider.com where we're getting it done, even amid all of the misery, as I said. A lot of folks down and waiting to see how things are going to go for the maize and blue on that side of things. We'll keep you up to speed. Of course, you can always check in to the Michigan Recruiting Insider on a weekly basis. Drops on Mondays, the latest and the greatest in football and indoor basketball recruiting. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it and review it. If you've done those things already, be sure to spread the word. Tell your friends all about it. And we'll be back next week on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.